Coot died. Yeah. He but Killer's six. alive. Killer's alive. <laughs> Three men, six foot one, six foot two, and six foot three, pouring a drink, talking about stuff, and singing. Three men, six one, six two, and six three. That's 18 and a half feet of awesome. Welcome, everybody, to 18 and a half feet of awesome. We're three tall fellows talking about stuff, singing a few songs, and drinking. I'm your host, Jay, joined by Ken. Hi, Ken. What up? And by the other Jay. Hi, Jay. I'm rattling my glass. You're jingling. This is episode two of season two, and today we're going to look at the Brian Adams album Cuts Like a Knife, which was released in early third album but the first one to really get any traction especially in the u.s we're gonna go song by song and give a few thoughts and memories and we might even sing some can any quick words before we jump in about this album overall no it was fun going back to learn and listen to these songs again uh you know me i'm a pop you know i like this <laughs> and this is pop rock to me and i love it awesome jay this was the first album I ever bought, so this is, this means a lot to me. And I li- I didn't listen to it once or twice. I listened to it nine gazillion times, and probably was one of the defining albums that made me write the way I write and record the way I record. And you know, I, this song. So again, I I didn't really have to listen to this album again. I did <clears throat> this week to prepare for this show. But yeah, I, I remember all these songs. Like you know, like I said, I remember broke my leg playing football in tenth grade in this song. And this I had this album and and. Uh, I remember being in my room, in my boombox, just boom cranking us, listening to like WYDD out of Pittsburgh, or what was the one station out of Youngstown we used to listen to all the time in 1983. What, what was the other DVE? <laughs> DVE in Pittsburgh, yeah. <laughs> the, in W, yeah, DVE in the, the Dave. <laughs> WYDD played weird stuff. There's a Pittsburgh. What was that station in Cleveland, anyways? Who cares? Yeah, well, the first albums that you get are always kind of, kind of big. Yeah, they this are. Was, this was it for me. Well, '83. It was right when I first got MTV, and Brian Adams, and especially the Cuts Like a Knife video, was like every day. So it was kind of the first I knew of Brian Adams was seeing that video, and a lot of a lot of those artists on from 18, 1983 on MTV. First time I heard of any of them, but that was I was total overload of MTV in '83. But before we start, um, well, what are we what are we drinking? Uh, we, we, <laughs> We were we had this concept where we were going to kind of drink stuff that had something to do with the artist. So I'm drinking a uh, a Brian Adams. That's basically the same drink I always drink. It's just today I called it a Brian Adams. <laughs> so it's Canadian whiskey, ladies Canadian and gentlemen. Mist. Oh, nice. Yeah, there you go. That's that's Canadian. Well, it cuts like a knife, so you should have something with OJ in it. Uh, uh that's too soon not, for that. Yeah, Is it too soon? Yeah, it only has been 30 years, so it's nearly too soon. So the right off the bat, let's say that uh, biggest two songs on this are "Straight from the Heart" and "Cuts Like a Knife." Probably that's they were the top ten singles from this album. Mm-hmm. But we'll go disc disc by disc. We'll go song by song and start. To, how many have we drank? 
and uh, talk about all the tracks on here. The disc begins with the song The Only One, which was written like pretty much the whole album by Brian Adams and Jim Valance, or Valance, I'm not sure how you pronounce that. I thought uh, it was Valance. I'm sure it is. Jay, talk about this one. Uh, it's first cut off the album. It's start. It's you know. It's it's in E. I because I played it a million times. It's, I think that's the question that most of our listening audience <laughs> asks on every song is. is what key is this in? <laughs> no, but it's just a, it's a rocking song. You know, Brian Adams ended up being known more as a balladeer as the late '80s and mm-hmm. early '90s came through. But yeah. his songs rocked, and this was a great rocking album. I remember having this in my Walkman wannabe, the little cheap Walkman I had. Yeah. In, I don't know if it was tenth grade, but and uh, people, some of the kids in school would hear the songs coming out of my earphones and think I'm listening to this, like devil hard rock music because they were listening to the rhythm of the night by DeBarge or some crappy song. You know, that's what every, all the kids liked, and we we they heard this song seriously. They thought it was like this hard Jay. There's Jay with his hard rock stuff. And not to interrupt, and I know Ken and I are thinking the same thing. What is the odds that on two consecutive podcasts Jay would bring up rhythm of the night that's by the only DeBarge? Thing I, can hear. He's got, uh, <laughs> I didn't know I mentioned it. I think you have a secret DeBarge favorite song. That out. No, but that's I'm not cutting of, that out. That's one of the few crappy songs I remember, and that's not that crappy of a song actually. No, but it's the, that's to me like the kids in my high school and some of my best buddies like Hootin' Killer that was in the same grade as me. I Who? Mean, they, these two guys. <laughs> they would think like, what are you listening to, man? Oh, man. They, ended, they ended up liking Pearl Jam. What the were 90s. their names though? Coot and Rest is Sold, Killer. These are just a couple guys I grew up in my neighborhood. Coot died? Yeah. But Killer's alive. Killer's alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You had the best neighborhood. <laughs> So, uh, Ken, how about how about you? What do you think of that song? I th- yeah, I yeah, I like the song. It sounds like to me something out of one of the like it, it, if you see a band in a movie, that's the song that they would be playing. To okay, me. reminded me of the Hard to Hold Rick Springfield song. It was like a very similar thing that you could see them like, oh look, they hired a band, and that's the song they would play. But it's, it's catchy, very it has, poppy. It has, it's, yeah, it's no, catchy. Right. The, the, the it's a good melody. It's uh, the it, it, Brian Adams had a great band. Those guys, I could if I look them up. Keith uh, Scott, I think, was a guitar player. Yeah, he was really good. Mickey Curry, I could name him. I haven't even looked this. Yeah, that was my question. Was all like, his, this band stayed together for years. Did he play lead on a lot of these songs, no. or was he just the guitar Keith player? Scott played lead on all the guitar Yeah, say, the but there's some ripping leads in there. I'm like, there, there, if, he's, there if that's him, that's awesome. No, but that guy, that guy Keith Scott, he's, yeah, I mean, he's really good. We're, and we'll probably end up talking more about him. That, what I'll say about this one, it's definitely like Brian Adams' wheelhouse. That's kind of the notes that I took, that it's... Uh, you know, a, a pop rock song about love, which is pretty much sums up this whole album. But that's fine. That's that's a lot of pop rock, pop especially rock. in the eighties. He's and, not singing uh, about the trees or something. But you know? I'll, when you told, I wasn't surprised when you said this was kind of like your first album because to me, this song sounds like a Jay Garrett song mm-hmm. as far as the style of it, because it's got like the backup vocals kind of repeat the melody after the melody, you know, and but in harmony, and it's got good pop rock sensibilities. So to me, it kind of it sounds to me like it informed. Your songwriting that you would end up doing later. So here's and I don't my mean that in plug. a bad way. Here's my cheap plug. So I have a song called You'll Leave Me For Good off my album if For Only An Hour from the mid-90s. Was that your fans? Yes. All, all, <laughs> my mom and my sister. Standing. I don't think they count anymore. No, but if, that, if you listen to that, it, it's an E, and it has that, it starts off the same, because you know you write a song that sounds too close to someone else, you got to change it. But anyways, yeah, yeah, I have a song called well, that, Leave I Me For Good. Well, that happens all the time. Me, yeah. But, uh, well, yeah, but I mean... But you know what I'm talking about with the background vocals that just sort of repeat what the singer just just sang, and yep. and, and I know you like that that trick, and it's good. But it's good. I mean, it's good pop you, sensibility. You, you borrow stuff. bits and pieces from all your sure you do oh, people you listen to. I think sure. I think everybody does. That's a good song. Yeah, it it is. That's uh, I think what I wrote was uh, I don't think it belongs in the Smithsonian, but it's not bad. 
Next track is called Take Me Back, which seems to be about a woman who wants the singer to take her back. Imagine that. And uh, But she then she bails anyway. So, uh, <clears throat> Ken, what do you think of this song? I like where it is, the placement on the album. I, I do think, because it's such a dramatic change from the first song, you know. I like the different groove that it has. I've always liked the song, so Take Me Back. I remember you playing this one. Didn't you play this song years ago? No, I, I still remember the lick. I'd probably play it and like, uh, warm ups or sound checks at ruckus gigs. Really, did this song? Huh? I, I'll do. I mean, I'll play the little lick. I'm just. Yeah. I just didn't know that you ever covered this song. That's. A, it no, seems I, like I a... never covered it in a band, really. But oh, this was okay. like, wasn't this like the? They, they tried to release this one. I think they. This was on rock it radio. Was on, yeah, it was on some radio. The stations. rock radio charts. It's not a hit song. No memory of this. one DVE would have played it. Okay. In the, like the this, that Youngstown. I, if I know it, it was on the radio. No, I believe you. <laughs> no, I yeah, I believe you. It's a. Uh, but it just, I just, I had pretty much no familiarity with this one. But uh, Jay, what do you think of this one? No, I mean, you're like, kind of again, telling me, but like, like Ken said, it's, it's, it, it flows with the album. The, the only one to take me back to rocking songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, the guitar tones are good. The, the writing is good. Uh, there's a little, there's a lot, like a little organ in there that that that, it, that breaks down in the middle of the, in the middle of the song. You know, well, it, has, there is, and that's just. But it, whatever, it's just it's not the same song as the first song, but it's no. just a different. But it 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 it's uh, cohesive within the album, if that makes any sense. Well, well, spoiler alert: I'm, I'm not I, I I'm not going to be singing this album's praises that much. So it's, and this is like one of them. I, I I think my reaction to I wrote meh. It's it, I mean he he speaks or kind of whispers the chorus during the breakdown, and to me it just sounds like I'm just I, and I don't. It, to me, it didn't do anything. It's, oh, it's like yeah. to me, it sounds like this whole song was just filling. Like we got to fill three minutes and fifty seconds. So here's this. That's. I mean, I don't know. For somebody who wrote something as good as some of the stuff he's written, and even to that point, I was just kind of like, yeah, okay. But some I of the mean, songs in the back bad. of the album, like I sometimes I think, like, could this have been song number eight or nine? You know, and and like instead of number two, because man, we all have to when we make albums, you have to figure out what song's gonna be two and what song's gonna be nine. And in the one that ends up being nine, you don't like as much. Could that have been nine? Sure. And someone of the, like like sure. some of them like uh, you got to let them know or something like that. No, there's a couple. Two. There's definitely a few fillers on this album. They, yeah, but I mean, every they, album back then didn't they go to the studio to record? Yeah. They didn't like write this at home and go in. This is back in the days when I, they I went understand. in the studio and said you got a month to write After, an album. This is his third album too. His yeah. first big album. This uh, is his third album. So again, we all, we've talked about this in other shows. You, you you write your you have your whole album to write your first album your whole life, your to, whole write life your fir- yeah. to write your first album and then the second album's like piggybacked off of that mm-hmm. and here comes your third album and this ends up being his biggest album and his most again the strongest because I listened to his point. first two albums yeah oh yeah so I listened not, to his first two albums they were nothing a lot. compared to this that's right it, it, and the reckless after that was good it was yeah very good no, t- well we'll probably end up getting to that at some point but that's and that's fine. But I'm still going to probably call a spade a spade and say that if a, if I think a song sounds like filler to me, I'm going to say that it sounds like filler to me. Which I'm not saying that every band doesn't do filler songs. Of course they do. But to <laughs> we me, we talked that, about doing some other songs, so. albums like Against the Wind or something like. Not to throw these things out, where we're we're just throwing out ideas and in, in, in every there's, album. There's going to be some filler. There is, there's, but there's uh, <laughs> but I, I bet I find we'll you know, we'll we'll get to it. Next uh, next song, side, or song three on side one is This Time, which was a single. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'll say about it is that I think, uh, after saying all this bad stuff, I think this one's super catchy. I think it's a, I think it's a great song. The subject matter is kind of the same, but but that's great, you know? And then the, the guitar tones and the chirpy organ and stuff, it's... Uh, I, 
the stuff that I complain about some of the other songs on here just because I feel like they kind of failed to hit home like I don't really believe it that much and then but this one I believe it you know and it's really like crazy catchy. it's easier to so, believe when you've heard it nine gazillion times on the radio too that's true but I didn't know. hear this nine gazillion times I mean I heard this and everything but yeah. it's but I just to me this, a video this, of it. this hits this hits a lot better but but you're you're right. I'm not. I mean, that, I'm not arguing that point. If you, if the radio tells you it's a hit, you do kind of believe it a little bit. That's, oh, well, that's, they'll play it enough to where it is. That's that's true. <laughs> so that's. Uh, but j- this time, Jay, what do you think of this one? No, I liked it. I remember, you know, when it came out as a single, because "Cuts Like a Knife" was the first. I said this earlier. It was the first album I bought, and and straight from the heart was the first single, and I mm-hmm. did, that was just a song on the radio. Then I saw the "Cuts Like a Knife," and maybe I'll bring this up because it's the, you know, couple coming up as, as far as song sequence. <clears throat> but I remember that video of him in the in the swimming pool, right? And the chick we'll get dives into the swimming pool, and well, I'll we'll cut it that. short. But he, uh, but I bought that album at that point when I during that song, and I think yeah. I think this time was released after that. You mean that's so, uh, like oh okay that's I see my what you're point. I guess so I, I already had this album. Like ooh, when you have an album, like we talked about the Bruce Springsteen album, you know, it's like you know I bought the I bought the Bruce Born to Run or Born to, Born in USA. And, and and I said to myself, and we talked about this many times. Yeah. No, su- no, surrender no surrender is going to be the next big hit. Right. But they released because I bought it as soon they as they released everything. Like, Dancing in the Dark much, came out, yeah. and they everything else, the dumbest songs too. And uh, anyways, but that, that to me was this time was like yeah this this time was I think well I think was song was like yeah I can see this as a single. Yeah, and that was a fun part of buying. I mean, like you said, the radio might kind of inform you on what what they think is a hit but it didn't always work that way at least not with me because i bought a lot of albums like as soon as they came out and then i'd sit and listen and go all right if it was me i mean i i think this is the hit i think this is the hit or whatever and sometimes i'd get it right and sometimes i'd get it wrong and i, I can remember a lot of examples but i'm not gonna if sit we there. ever do a toto album the like, toto has a first album the their first album is there's a song called girl goodbye on it which is phenomenal song and they'd release like stupid songs like really? before that's that a, yeah. that's a great they should have i mean that's it's hindsight of course back to this time ken so i had i actually had a 45 of this one that's really oh, wow. strange right. I you remember on the flip side you remember what it was? yes i do which is what i was going to talk about was uh um that time no it was uh <laughs> only i thought back that at was you? Funny. what the hell is the name of it no, it was Get uh, you good or Fits You Good. Fits you, that, that was Fits off the good. second album. It was on, Yes, it was on the previous album, which Fits I was going to ask. Good. Is that, I mean, was that normal back then? I, I'm trying to think. Normally, it was they put another cut off the album. The of... But that was the, the Cuts Like a Knife flip side was Lonely Night, which was a single off from the, that album. Right, off the same so album. So he actually put a single, the previous single on that. So that's, yeah, yeah. Whatever. That's kind of that's I kind thought of that funny. was interesting. I don't think they did that. I don't think they did that much, but... Uh, so good. we keep threatening to sing all the time. Let's uh, try to do a little piece of this time and see if we can ruin it. Things are getting clearer this time. Everything is all right. No way. She's going to get away this time. Everything is easy any day. I'm going to make a enough of that song. Alright, we are back after that. <sighs> Next is Straight From The Heart. Uh, one of his first singles from the album. It got to the top 10 on the US pop charts and several other artists including Bonnie Tyler 
did cover songs of this. I don't really remember her cover of it. I I, I, it I didn't listen to it disaster. in the research. Was it bad? Yeah, it was terrible. That's uh, awful. Well, I was going to go it, to you first anyway, so go. Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, first of all, it's a great song. I don't want to, like, I was going to move on to her, but, oh, God, the song was really good, and I always liked it. People but, who cover songs, real quick, people who cover songs immediately after it's released, I always question. Well, this she, had to be I mid-80s. think she was one of those, I don't remember who she was other than, I, totally I think she was heart. one of those. It's a heartache. She seemed like one of those like um, what Slim Whitman kind of things that would she would just cover songs and sell them on nah, television. She was or, a good artist. It's a heartache was a big song. You know that. Yeah, I do. But the, and she, uh, and oh, go back and listen to the heart was gigantic. gigantic. That's oh, if you go back and listen to this version of hers, it's it's it, oh. Betty Davis eyes. I think was yeah, that's Kim Carnes. Oh shit, you're right. It. But yeah, I, I, Bonnie Tyler still. She look. She, I've seen her recently. She looks the same, but a seventy year old version of her. Really? And she has the blonde hair and the blue eyes and just raspy voice. Like Marlo <laughs> Thomas singing or something. <laughs> the last cruise I was on, there was a chick that was uh, covering a bunch of rock and roll songs, and I was like, I forgot her name. Like, oh my god, was that Bonnie Tyler? But she would have been older now. But yeah, this girl reminded me of her, and she was great. Uh, she had yeah. that rasp. Yes, I wouldn't be terribly voice. surprised to find out that Bonnie Tyler was on the cruise ship circuit, though. It's... I, yeah, I think this girl is too young because she uh, would be probably. Bonnie Tyler, like Jay 70. said, is probably at least in her seventies, I would yeah. think. But I, I, I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, Jay, we're getting straight from the heart. I mean, I just just a ballad. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I'm going to do a couple shameless plugs throughout this podcast. I I still all almost all of my albums I've ever done. I've done a whole bunch of them. Slow song number four and slow song number ten always, okay. that, and that's all Brian. If you listen to Brian Adams, like this album number four, number ten, mm-hmm. sometimes in the middle, like seven, should be that way. <laughs> but that's you go that, to a concert, that's, that's, that's what Adams. it is. They kick butt, they bring it down, then they kick butt towards the end. But it wouldn't. Well, and Brian Adams did that on almost all yeah. his those first several albums, and that just yeah, made that my got format. a formula that works. I, and, <laughs> and formula wise, that's that's kind of that's one of the notes that I took about this song is that it, he. <laughs> He definitely, this was an early version of that 80s male singer ballad formula that he probably did as well as anybody. Oh, yeah. And this is a pretty early version. Right before of, Heaven, because Heaven came out the year or two after that. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then a lot of people started doing, Richard Marks, all these people started doing similar kinds of songs. And, and so this is a pretty early version of that kind of thing, and that, as far as I can remember. But there's a, it, what bugs me is that there's a part in the, uh, the, I think the song's a little boring, and there's a part in the middle that it's just empty just the progression it's like it's like i'm just i swear it's like unless i got some weird version of it and i don't think i do it's just been listening on spotify but it just it's like they went okay here's where the guitar solo goes and like guitar player called in sick that day it's just like there's nothing there if you listen to that yeah i know he's talking about it it's like they dragged it out to make it three minutes long or three and a half minutes long yeah there's about 20 (laughs) 20 seconds perfect spot for a guitar solo and it's like they went oops we forgot to turn up the guitar channel it's it Listen to it. It's, yeah. You'll see. Well, it's, I've heard it a million times. I just don't remember. And and again, it's just like, I, I, uh, it, it, that's the kind of song. If it does come on the radio now, even though it's one of my favorite albums ever, I would turn it because that's not something I want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah, this time came on the radio or one of the other album tracks, yeah. I'd listen to it. But if that song came on the radio, I'd turn it. Not the personal right. Brian, because I know you're listening. Yeah. Right. He's he's totally <laughs> listening to you. The uh, title track closes outside one this was a, a huge song for him and it uh totally benefited from the early days of mt at least in my recollection from mtv because mm-hmm. I, I knew nothing about this guy but then i st- got mtv i couldn't take my eyes off Same it. Here. i would i would stay up way too late watching the stuff and this would be on every hour 
Um, to reiterate what Jay started talking about was the video shows the band playing in an empty pool while a beautiful woman changes into a bathing suit. And at the end, she dives into that. No nudity. No, no, but close. There's some side boobage. And this was the 80s, though. So. I know. But she um, dives into that empty pool and then still manages to somehow climb out of it soaking wet. So uh, then Brian Adams creeps up on her at the end, probably while she's changing, which is a little creepy, but that's all right. Jay, your thoughts on <laughs> Cuts Like a Knife. You can talk about the video or the song or both, no, whatever just, you want to do. Again, I just heard the song and or saw it on the video, you know, on an MTV or Friday night videos or whatever I would have seen it. Because I don't think Newcastle, Pennsylvania had, uh, I don't think we had MTV till 84 or 5. It was a couple years later. All, all yeah. those original 83 videos, that, that's yeah. when I started listening, 83. That was all Friday night videos on yeah. WTBS. Uh, Which would be Brian Adams and John Cougar. <laughs> who, who was cooler <laughs> back then, you know? Well, yeah. That I remember. I mean, yeah. So anyways, that, that, was, that, was my, that, was, that made me want to be a singer-songwriter. Anything, well, okay. And then anything specific about this song that like sticks out about, about it? That, I mean, after all this time, or they can. I think lyrically it's the best song yeah. on the album. It's not, you know, I was going to, later on, some of the songs, you just listen to them and they're like loaded with cliches. Oh, which, cuts, like, cuts like a knife certainly is. I mean, it's, but it's, yeah. it's definitely paints a picture. You know, we talk about, I, I, I'm the country guy for all you guys out there and the country lyrics, although lately are lagging, <laughs> uh, but We've talked they just that. paint a picture for you that I like the lyrics that they write, not necessarily just the music, but uh, the old rock and roll was uh yeah sometimes very it, it, loaded especially the last song the last song is just loaded with wait what did you pull out a cliche library and start writing a song <laughs> a book of cliches yeah, everything but can't it, be you know but and this on. song is not like that that's like no, life I, is not and like I, that. that's almost exactly what my notes say i i, I mean I, I agree with you i uh i mean he's the guy who decides he's going to tell stories in his songs and that they're going to be about love and that's fine you know and but if that's what you're going to be you know then you then do it do it good or or don't do it good but on this one i think he does it great i mean to me it sounds like he's you know singing about a woman that mistreats him but he still can't let her go you know even though he knows that she's not treating him so well she he's still you know but it feels so right i guess or whatever so sounds like we, a whole bunch of rock songs well yeah, it, 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 it does songs. we've all been there but yeah. he's a great songwriter he has he is. all those ballads that came along later on were like beautifully lyric and you're like oh wow yeah what happened on you know fillers they had well and even if cuts like a knife is cliche to me this song it's effective it's good i mean he he seems to mean it i I like it a lot i'm starting to sound like those american idol judges and i'm not smart enough to be that but the uh and then i got to talk about the guitar solo this is a great guitar solo in my opinion that's uh, it's i mean tech you know technique wise the way it fits in the song everything this is a memorable guitar solo that's right you can hum it yeah, I had to learn it for to sit in with a band for a weekend, and it was your old band and the uh, Ken, and it, it pissed me off to learn something that hard to only play it twice ever. That's <laughs> that's God. I got to find a way to like work that into my life. But are we gonna try to play a little bit of that and sing a little that's bit of it for, for fun? On. Hold, hold on, we'll be right. <laughs> Shadow of a 
back that's the end of side one let's talk about the album cover artsy fartsy black and white holding guitar (laughs) maybe he's holding a guitar maybe he's running i don't know exactly what's going on okay nothing about this album cover does anything for me ken he's so cute (laughs) (laughs) just kidding yeah i don't know i I mean it's just an album cover to me i never cared and it didn't mean anything it didn't mean anything because i totally could see that being a jay garrett album cover no, no, my whole face is in the album cover. Yeah, right. Not just me and... and <laughs> You're not taking up any room with a stupid guitar. <laughs> yeah. you got to leave plenty of room for face. That was when I was 50, not when I was in my 20s. <laughs> All uh, right, so forward. enough about that. My uh, deep dive into side two of this album is that Foreigner's Lou Graham did background vocals on a lot of the songs on here, which is kind of cool. I didn't really know until I did the Wikipedia dive into there. Uh, but that doesn't make side two of this album Lou Graham's fault. So if that oh, gives you this, again, we just if that gives you any indication of what great, I've got to say, I think it's a great album side. Uh, but that's that's okay. Uh, that then this is going to be very fun. <laughs> okay. Oh, the, the, let's the dive first song, in. I'm ready. It's great. Let's dive in. Side two opens with I'm ready. What I'll say is the song is big. I'll give it that. Uh, I like the guitar solo, but it better be because these those lyrics. I, I, I don't know. It's, this is this is the same guy that wrote Cuts Like a Knife and Have You Ever Loved a Woman? I know that was later and, and some good think, stuff. I don't this, see the difference between those. The, 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 oh, the, the, oh, you yeah, better listen yeah. back. Oh, this song yeah. this song was written by a third grader. I'm sorry, Brian this Adams. This song is, it, reminds me of a local artist here in town. You know, don't bow, wouldn't say no, his name. I, but, it, it's, uh, but I actually like it. I mean, I like the song. I just, I, I could, I, my notes, I put down, I picture that this would be his opening song back it's bombast. then. Bombast. It's power. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it's but, a but it also... Extreme. Oh, well, like I said, it's big. Wonder. But it better be. He, <laughs> if I was producing it, though, you know when he, he's done the, I'm ready, I'm ready. And then he tags that line with the, ready as I'm going to be. Oh, it doesn't mean, it. I doesn't mean anything. I would have put that ready as I'm going to be. And then I'm ready, and I would have tagged it with "I'm ready." I mean, why would? Oh, I, didn't, I, I don't. I, just, I don't know. 
it, he left you hanging with that but little maybe last song. Maybe song cuts like a knife nine hundred million times. The next song is going to be this. And yeah, you don't good point. Have the same formula. Not a bad song, but you know you don't want to have this. I found flaws. All right, so I went from that it's I would a bad say, song. You're yeah. saying it's not a bad song, Jay? No, I think it's a great song. There you go. There we go. We got it covered. No, I'm always the middle. Nice. You are Switzerland. Go back and listen. Go back and listen to it. It's 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 whoever is listening to this. You know, I yes, I would say the same thing. Go back and listen to it. <laughs> no, <laughs> and, shoot. And then no, come out of it and see if you didn't but then like, drop remember, a couple of IQ these points. Songs, it's like people that grew up with Kiss or something like that. But like, I but remember, this is my song when I was in high school. Like, this, I didn't know, I didn't have any musical education at this time. It was just a, an album that connected to me as a young kid. Well, maybe yeah. like, so that there's different. It's a, it's a difference, I guess. And that matters. Sentiment, sentimentality. That does, that does matter. And that's, and, and again, this is, I'm a, Kiss fan grew up. That was like the first thing I listened to, and I'm calling these lyrics bad. Right. So yeah, if, if I'm, if I, as a Kiss fan, I'm calling these lyrics bad. Well, right. I mean, I don't know what perspective that gives it, but it's got to mean something. Yeah. So, well, next, it, it, it mean, oh, sorry. You can pick apart songs on the on every album and go, maybe somebody could have done better. You could, but, but as an album as a whole, it's a pretty good album. Yeah, yeah. that's Absolutely. fine. Yeah, it's fine. I, I mean, wouldn't pick. Pick some bad albums if we want to. That'd yeah. be fun. Yeah, it would be. It would be fun. But this is this one was Jay Garrett's pick, just so we can say that. But uh, the, so the next song on side two is "What's It Gonna Be" with no question mark for some reason. I, to me, that sounds like a question. Uh, Jay, your opinion on this song? No, it's a, another song that's just a great album. What's it gonna be? Now? I'm just going through it in my head. I remember the ending. Well, had that weird little ending part that was kind well. Of that's what it, that's what I that's part of my notes. But that's uh, so, and that's been a fascinating take on this song, Jay. But Ken, what are you? Well, I'm just going through the memories. Yeah, I hear you. I just, that's that's one thing. That, I think it's okay. typical of what he writes. It's typical of what he writes. It's typical of what's on this album. There's great guitar playing, some catchy catchphrases that he said. Oh, I heard this line. I'm going to write a song around these lines. You can tell that's has style seem to be a lot of songs get written that way and that's fine I I mean I'm not again I'm not saying oh I would write better songs than this I'm never saying that a lot of new countries that way too they just find oh yeah I found a dollar on the sidewalk and they write a song so I'm the I'm the guy we've all written and recorded but I'm the guy in the band that's written like has done like 10 albums and have had to do albums after you've done an album and it's hard to Right, so I it like is, to think you that my never, lyrics. Are, you I would like never think, bring that song to us. We would go. No, I don't. I don't know about that. I mean, I've you know, I listen to back in some of my old songs. I'm like, ah, oh, shit. Why did I want you know? Because because you have other songs to choose from, but you ended up choosing that. But I but like like cuts like a knife. Like these songs in the back half of cuts like a knife are better than the back half of his. Uh, uh, the first album where he's shooting the bird. Oh well, <laughs> and, that may be. Yeah, maybe I have we want you got it. Maybe we can <laughs> channel our inner Brian Adams and come up with a sound check song. I was thinking about that. We could come up with a song called This Is Our Sound Check Song and then just line it up with a bunch of cliches, bunch of take, turn, That's funny. take turns writing it and that'll be our yeah. sound check song. Yeah. Oh, just, oh, yeah, exactly. Well, the... Uh, I like the song. The only <laughs> thing I'll say about this one is that I said it fits pretty perfectly on side two of this album, which to me is not saying really that much. But that riff at the end, I'll give him credit for this, Stone Temple Pilots totally ripped it off. That's that's Interstate Love Song. That's the whole. Uh, it's the same thing. Oh, so, I don't know that. That's, I've heard so those the, songs a million times. I never. May, I mean, may, maybe, but I mean, so if STP ripped it off, it can't be that bad. Third track on side two is "Don't Leave Me Lonely." Um, what I'll say is this: this one is far and away my favorite song on side two. 
which isn't surprising because, and I didn't know this until I started doing some research for this podcast, was that Brian Adams at this time was helping Kiss write Creatures of the Night. Mm-hmm. And most Kiss fans find Creatures of the Night to be the best post-original lineup Kiss album. So, uh, and Brian Adams has some songwriting credits on on that album and that he co-wrote this with Eric Carr and it was supposed to be a song for that album, but it didn't make the cut for what they didn't say. It, they just said it didn't fit or something. And and then I listened to it, and then the drums on it sound just like Eric Carr. But then, but the Wikipedia says it's not him. But it's it sounds to me it sounds but just he, like he, it. If he but wrote or co-wrote the song, you know he he, he know, might have said you're playing like, like this. But it, it's a uh, it, it's to me it's by far and away the best the best song on on side two, in my opinion. But uh, Ken, you're, well, it's the most rocking song. It, well, it is that for sure. Ken, your thoughts on this one? Yeah. So I have that. We we were talking before the the thing of whether we were to call these unsung heroes or. Uh, songs that might have should have been released as a, ser- uh, single. a single yeah yeah. this is by far one of those songs to me I think it's the best it's definitely the best song inside. but in 1983 there weren't a lot of hard rock songs recorded or released in 1983 when Death Leopard re- released Photograph was which around was, was around that time yeah. that was like ooh wow that's a hard rock song to yeah. be released yeah. and, and, and so people but it was they, working immediately that, that, I mean but to me Death this is Leopard catchier and, and poppier than like Take Me Back I mean I like flow. that song, but I like this one better. Yeah, this one sounds more like a what I would call a like a, a rock song, an album rock song than than the rest of the album. But it's but I like it. I mean, it's and it, it does remind me of like the country stuff that's coming out, like we were talking about earlier. That just yeah 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 yeah, and then it gets to the verse and they go la 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 yeah, and they that's come an back exaggeration. in. <laughs> it is an exaggeration, but it's I mean He's that's point, a lot of country. That's what they do is they. Well, at least the ones we we're trying to play, right. we want it to sound energy. rock, and then they drop out, and there goes the whole band, and that's somewhat but, what but happened. This song, I mean, I, what I still hear it in my head. I don't feel yeah, broken hearted. Mm-hmm. I won't be pushed around. The rules were set when we first started. I mean, I could still. I mean, that's yeah. The, the verses were still pretty yeah powerful in the song. One thing I remember about this song, if I may chime in. Um, I think I may have mentioned that I saw Bon Jovi in 7,800 degree Fahrenheit in one of these other podcasts, and they opened up for Donnie Iris, and Donnie Iris was the old guy. I think I mentioned this before. And we're like, all right, so we saw Bon Jovi when they were young, before they were big, and we thought it was awesome. And here comes uh, here comes Donnie Iris, the 40-year-old guy. It's like, all right, let's stay for the old guy. And he kicked ass. So it was, Donnie Iris was awesome. But I, I'll, I'll never forget, when it cuts like a knife, somebody was standing in line, and this was like the Agora in Youngstown, Ohio. Somebody was standing in line, and I remember somebody talking about just seeing Brian Adams recently. And this would have been during the Cuts Like a Knife tour. And they were pissed, This whoever this guy was, they were pissed that they didn't play. He, Brian Adams did not play Don't Leave Me Lonely. Huh. huh. Because that was the rock in his... Like, yeah. If you were a hard rock guy and you listened to that album and you liked the album, you you, you grabbed on to that song. Cause I wouldn't was, have think he would have had enough material at that point in his career to leave that, that one album. off unless he album. had a 20-minute slot. I don't, I don't know. Well, but, I, I think I told you guys before. I, I saw him open for... Uh, Pat Benatar. And I guarantee you, he nice. was great. And he, you know, no offense to Pat Benatar, but he killed her. He's yeah. awesome live. He was just fantastic. I have to say, I've, I got. I mean, I've seen a million concerts. I've never seen Brian Adams. But he, oh, and I've seen him so twice. And it's true. You think yeah. he's? That's yeah, probably going to be pretty good. No, he has a way with people. He yeah. has a way with maybe, talking to people. Maybe I'd be softer on him. On the, <laughs> the, well, if I'd seen cause him, it's real. You can't. Yeah. You can't. Well, fake and that I saw shit. him. He has I it guess, in his guts. It's probably eighty-four, eighty-five. So I saw him before all the ballads came out, which. You know that can bring a concert down when you're it, singing it can, all the ballads. He it, was just rocking like crazy. It can, yeah. but let's 
just go there just for a minute. He became, in my opinion, more of a balladeer, especially the, as he went. He got a little bit more, a little bit more, you know, adult contemporary sound and and mm-hmm. and, yeah. and and balladeer type stuff. But he was great at it. Yeah. I mean, and he just got better and better. That have you ever loved a woman and stuff? I, I, yeah. I think no, that's, I, but I, as an old fan, paid a lot of bills. I think that's, like that. I know it's older, but I think it's fantastic. Saying, I as, just as think an he, old fan, me. Yeah. Like as an old fan, an original fan, I don't like. I didn't ever, I never well, cared. But I mean, I just think that there's a natural progression of things, and he get and that he found True. himself where he needed to be. But anyway, next song, uh, let him know is the next song. Jay, what do you think of that song? That, well, you mentioned Lou Graham. Anybody listening that wants to go back and revisit this album because it is a good album. But you, that's that's where Lou Graham really shot. You can he sings the chorus because Brian Adams saying, "You gotta let him know," and you hear Lou Graham, "Let him know, know that you love him," and it's just Lou Graham harmonizing with Lou Graham. Right. Let him know. I mean, just <laughs> it's just and he Lou Graham has a great voice. It's just it's again. It's you guys will say it's just another album cut, and it is, but it's a good one. Good album. Well, I got a lot to say about it, but Ken, you please. <laughs> I think I my notes say sounds like a Jay Garrett song. <laughs> Sounds exactly like really? something you would write. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so you can't he's, he's got too a lot much, of. Well, he's got a lot of. The, he's got a lot of the. Uh, la 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 la. The background vocals. You like. You like a lot of that Beach Boysy. Eagles, uh, Beach Boys harmonies. Yes, not even just the harmony, the 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 singing and the answering, singing, and, right, and stuff that I would have left that out and put guitar or something in there instead of that. Well, but I know what you like, and this just sounds like you you would write this. I see what you're saying, but I didn't think of it that way as because it because it leans so hard into that that to me it sounds like a a, a Ronettes song. That's it. It That's might a as good well. It, I'm not saying it's a bad what's, thing. What's Ronettes? The, no, the the Ronettes. Like early the, 60s. Yes, Spectre. it's a 60s. Yeah, it's got a 60s group. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and it might as well have one of those vibra slaps in yep. it, you know, with the uh, and maybe it even does. To me, that's what make a, an album great. That you have these different, you know, well, tones and tamers. okay, and you say that, but it's like in my notes, what I said is maybe why I don't like this so much, this this side two so much, is because it's so disjointed. It goes right from a song that he wrote, co-wrote for Kiss. It sounds like it could have been a Kiss song, into a, a Ronette song, and and I'm, I'm going. That's exaggeration. If you listen, if you don't know anybody, not to me. Uh, to me, <laughs> don't it's leave a, me lonely. Then like you gotta let them know. It's just, yeah, it's more. No, I, I know together. the feel. I know the feel you were talking about. I thought the same thing. It's got a, it's got that crocodile rock yeah, kind of yeah, doo-woppy Ronettes. Yeah. You know the. Uh, but that's why I like the Foo Fighters and stuff because the Foo Fighters will punch you in the face with a song. And sing sing something so syrupy. Yeah, I, I mean, I, just, but but it's still that they're all. But well this written. was the days of albums, and to me, that uh, you know, that uh, it was weird to me to not have a song that sounded like it didn't fit, like that, like somebody just shoehorned some kind of song on the album that didn't seem to fit. And then if you, I don't, and maybe I'll I'll try to play it in the edit on this, but in the middle, he totally rips off "Overture" from Tommy in the middle of this song. Somehow he just. I just remember. But with, and the who's from Tommy is the same. Oh, I, but I don't, to me, it was a rip off. It was to me, it's a weird tune. But that's but whatever. That's all right. The disc closes with the best was yet to come, which was a song written about Dorothy Stratton, uh, the Playboy playmate of Star eighty fame. And I where'd you get that Wikipedia or something? I I, I did, <laughs> I but I actually I I knew that because I remember seeing a a movie about her, but. And that reminded me of something. I'm going to go off topic, but it's just too damn funny. Is 
on YouTube you can find a thing from 1979 that was on ABC TV in 1979 called Playboy's Roller Disco and Pajama Party and it's the weirdest thing you're ever going to watch and it's uh, it's at the Playboy Mansion Richard Dawson hosts it and the weirdest thing is that the whole the running theme throughout it is he's chasing Dorothy Stratton around this whole thing and this is like less than a year before she gets murdered and it's just oh, who's weird chasing and Richard Richard Dawson in his creepiness and then as he's chasing her he's asking these celebrities that are making cameo appearances on this dumb show have you seen her and he runs up on Bill Cosby <laughs> I didn't see her but if I did I got some I got something to put her to sleep I would have given her some drugged up pudding oh that's but the, you guys are and then horrible runs people. up on James Caan and this whole show was like it was sponsored by cocaine. You got to watch but this you thing. You watched it. I watched the whole thing. You put it was, as much I couldn't time take my. That is in, 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 I couldn't in take cuts, my cuts like a knife. No, I watched this. I watched this thing year, <laughs> years ago, but I couldn't take my eyes off it. It's it's insane. And then they got musical guests. They've got Chuck Mangione, and then they got the Village People at at the Playboy Mansion. I could. I who would be less interested in the Playboy Mansion than the Village People? And <laughs> And they're in there singing. But Michael but, McDonald had to have been there. I, he may have been. <laughs> 1979, but, come on, he was everywhere. And they did, <laughs> and they did a, a Kenny Rogers song. They made it basically like a 1979 version of a music video of, of people shooting the Playboy centerfold to, uh, a Kenny, like through the years or something. It, that's the weirdest thing you'll ever see. What about Hefner? What was he doing the whole time? Wearing pajamas and going to a disco roller disco party. It's the it's you got to watch it. It's, I'm probably not going to be well, doing that. Okay, well you need to. And <laughs> um, but anyway, I totally digressed on that. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Ken, your your thoughts on this song about Dorothy Stratton? The best was yet to come. C O M E. I think you're yeah. filthy. You yeah. are. You're so, a dirty boy. This is the song that I, uh, I would say I wish they would have left it off the album. This is the worst song it's to me 10. on the album. That's why it's number 10. Uh, yeah, that's why. But it is, at first when I heard it, I, I heard the little do-do-do-do-do-do-do. I thought they were going to go into Babe. Yeah, it does sound like you know, I thought the sticks Babe was going to pop out. And then it's just every cliche. This is one that when I was telling you about. The, it's now cliche for me to say this Songs all cliche. This is Brian Adams becoming this the Valdir that he is. He probably away, had seventeen cry songs like to that. Sleep, how, how, how time flies, you know, <laughs> and everything is cliche. Uh, but the best is yet to come. Yeah, cliche, and the best is yet to uh, come. I, I remember. Uh, so one thing, a couple things, and it was yet to come because the rest of the slow songs, the, his ballads later on, <laughs> were, were fantastic, well, but not for Dorothy not this one. <laughs> but he, so this this reminds me of my buddy Cled. I know I, I give you. Oh, Cled. Cled. <laughs> I, I remember not knowing him. <laughs> Sean Christie lived down the street from me. We were friends for years, still are. Oh, still yeah. am. But uh, he, he had a piano in his house, and I remember uh, just wanting to be able to play. And this is when I, when I was a teenager. I, didn't, I just, just started learning. And I remember, oh, if I could just learn how to play, I could play like songs like Best of Yet to Come and, and uh, Straight from the Heart and all that stuff. And I always thought it would just be so hard. And, and uh, I, I thought the anyways that's what it reminds me of and in our senior year there was a song and I'm not going to bring up the barge again even though I guess I just did but our senior year 1986 <laughs> Newcastle High thing. School they said that I think the class song was the best was yet to come but it was another kind of like like R&B song or something oh, like that oh is that the, not know. save the best for last right no, no it was, that the was best later. was yet to come and they, and they said hey, how about making this our senior song oh, I'm like boy. sounds good to me it's a Brian Adams song no it was like some, some other band artist. that I would never nah. listen to I don't even, I don't even know what that is. I thought it was Music Boy, but I don't even know what that is. The uh, only thing I'll say about this one is, I mean, it's a, 
it's, it's, it's trying to it's trying to make a nice song and that's fine but i keep talking about how disjointed this disc sounds and this if you just said this was the theme song from like a movie of the week on from the like the early 70s i would have believed it just the, it just doesn't the, this whole i don't know this the, the whole second side of this is like this kind of song then that kind of song and it doesn't to me it doesn't flow or fit or anything he got i just let me just say he got a lot better so that's so last week we talked or on the last podcast we talked about side one of the boston debut album being like just about the best album side you could ever imagine uh and it's crazy. I'm it's crazy. I'm here to say that in my opinion, side two of Cuts Like a Knife will not be challenging Boston for the best side of an album. No one will disagree with you there. So that's uh all right, so let's that brings this album to a close, Cuts Like a Knife. So uh Jay, what is your favorite song on this album? Oh, Do you have a favorite song? No, I really don't. I'm serious, like but I again it reminds me of being fifteen years old and listening to this like over and over and over. And I just like you know, again Cuts Like a Knife is a single. The big single to me, uh, I, I I can't say that I really do have one. I mean, okay, the only one, the first song I liked, I, I think it's a rock song, but I like the I'm ready and well, and uh, then what uh, we were call, what we were calling an unsung hero, we're going to modify the rule on that a little bit and just say the your your favorite song or or what do you think is the best song that could have been a single that wasn't the songs that were singles on this one was straight from the heart, cuts like a knife, and this time, so. Um, among the rest, uh, you're you're a record executive or whatever. Or it's up to you. What what song on this are you? I'll let Ken go first. Oh, that's easy. Don't leave Don't leave me lonely is the only other really good song on the album. Oh, okay, oh, I 100% disagree. But uh, <laughs> no, I mean I, th- I <laughs> like. I'm saying it's a good song. But again, to me, again, I just remember being there at the time, and that was a different type of a track. That wasn't a typical Brian Adams track. It was hard. It was a. It was more. You know, it's a great. It's a great album cut. <clears throat> I don't know. I, I I'm ready. Okay. Let's say that. Okay. For me, it's, uh, I, I kind of have two points. I, I'm with Ken. I, I Don't Leave Me Lonely is, to me, I mean, like, if I was picking a personal favorite that I would want to be, the single that wasn't, it would be that one. Um, but if I'm trying to make money, and I, you can think I'm weird, but I think the best was yet to come would be the choice I would make because oh. I think it's dumb enough to have been a hit yeah. at that time. Yeah. Uh, or maybe yeah. earlier than that. Yeah. But if I'm trying to make money... <laughs> And there's no accounting for taste, so it's, I think I might put that one out. But uh, so. well, it makes me want to go back now and listen to some old ballads to see if just if my memory of how bad they were or how of, good they of were. Brian Adams or of this time of, frame of, by of, anybody. A lot, a lot oh, of the old ballads, okay. and were they this cheesy or uh, I don't know. Just, well, the '80s was the home to this stuff, and as the '80s started wearing on, they started getting against all odds better. Yeah, but that song was, I thought that song was good, and uh, that yeah. was 84, so that was not long after, and then you started getting Richard Marks and all his stuff. Yeah, Richard uh, Marks was a good but song. But I thought right this there. was better, that, that was better stuff than yeah. this, but the, uh, but anyway, so let's uh, give our star rating for this. We'll go from uh, a scale from zero to five stars. Five stars is the equivalent of the woman in the video. Um using a more well-lit changing room, and zero stars would be like diving into an empty pool without that happy ending. So, Jay, it, it was your first ever album, zero to <laughs> yeah, five yeah. stars. Brr, how many Sentiments. stars? I'm going to give it four and a half just because it's my... Because I like the album, and I'd like to think that I would like it if if I would have revisited it. Nice. Revisited it. No. Okay. Four and a half. Ken? Three. Three I'm stars? I'm going to give it a three. I'm going to think it's an average. It's an average album. I like it. thought it was good, but we already... You know, we've already talked about some other albums that 
that are go back and listen to like the Tubes album from 1982 or something like that, or go back right, and right. listen to the. I'm trying to think of some of these bands that were around yeah. in this time and listen to the whole album. It's it's not easy to listen to the whole albums. No, I mean, it's I'm not. not picking on the Tubes. No, um, but but like I'm just saying, like oh, any yeah. of those early '80s albums or late. But 70s. I don't think I would give those high ratings <laughs> either. So it's uh, I mean we're talking about in the, in the all time thing. I, but here we are, musicians that wish we had a, an album like that. That, that already goes without saying. That's yeah. just like an well, underlying it's, thing. It goes that, without I, saying amongst us. But I'm just shooting. Yeah, out to all the, people. the ones that all the ones that I made fun of. Meanwhile, I've probably never written anything that good. So I don't know. But, um, but I definitely haven't by anybody else's opinion. Uh, my unbiased opinion based on like the legacy of this album would be to give it three stars like Ken said but my biased opinion is that it's an okay album except for one great song I, I think that uh, I, I the, my favorite song on the album is Cuts Like a Knife I mean I just think it's so far superior to everything else Ken did I ask you what you thought your favorite song was on this album or did you have you said Don't a, Leave Me Alone I think uh, yeah well, that, I think that's my unsung, unsung hero, hero. But, I mean Cuts yeah. Like a Life for, uh, Knife is for sure the best song on the album. yeah and I and I, I agree there so my I'm going to give it two and a half and it, so between zero and five that's right in the middle and in the scheme of all the albums in the world being average is not really a diss so 18.5 alright we're back so that makes our Rating on this, I gave it a 2.5, Jay Garrett gave it a 4.5, and Ken Maroney gave it a 3, giving it a overall rating of 3.33, repeating on and on and on. Not bad. Uh, you double that, that's 6.66. But oh, since we've only done, yeah, that's right, So, but since we've only done two of these albums so far, that makes it the second best album of all time. <laughs> that may not hold that spot but it was not a big challenge to Boston so Boston's debut album remains the greatest album of all time apparently also a little sneak preview of what we're going to cover on next week's episode against the wind we were running against the wind we were young and strong so We do want to thank you guys for listening, and we hope that you will join us for more episodes as quickly as we can churn them out. I want to remind you to please download all of these albums legally and make sure to support the artists that we talk about on this podcast. I'm not mentioning DeBarge again. If you want to buy DeBarge, you need to buy DeBarge so that they... Or Kled. So so the Kled can... Kled. I think there was Cled in the water out there. It stood for Claude and Sped, by the way. His middle name was Claude, and we always called him a Sped because he was yeah. just a little I yeah, gotcha. off color. God. That's, that's, there you go. Everybody uh, wanted to know that, of course. Well, I, they, yeah, we get letters. <laughs> Speaking of getting letters, uh, there's going to be a Q&A section at the bottom of this if you were listening on, on Spotify where you can suggest future albums for us to review. That's Jay Garrett was asking for that on the last podcast, so that will be there for you. You can feel free to request albums for us to review. Uh, if you want to become a sponsor, you can contact us through our Facebook page at 18 and a half feet of awesome. And then also we want to please ask you if you're listening on Spotify to give us a nice five star rating so our little feelings don't get hurt. It also two point five or four point five. Do like not follow like do not take my you way of rating things. Like a knife. Yeah. <laughs> give, give it give it a five. So Ken, thank you. Welcome. Every week it's something different. <laughs> Gene dropped him as a baby. Nice, Jay Garrett. Yeah, thank I don't you. Have anything awesome thank, to say. But thank you. Oh well, then you're quite welcome. Yes, and thank you, Brian Adams. You're Canadian. No need to apologize yes. for Jay and for Ken. I am also Jay. We will talk and sing at you 
later. 